Hey, how you all doing? Welcome back to the Battle Hard Live Easy podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about something that I am quite passionate about, which is running. So sport and fitness for me was always a passion. And I think one of the biggest passions in that was learning what I needed to do, how I needed to do something in order to progress myself and make myself better. But then what I really found that I had an even bigger passion for passing that knowledge on to people that really struggled with understanding the fundamentals and the basics of how to progress and improve. I'm a massive believer that before you pass on any knowledge, you have to live it and you have to have learnt it yourself. I've been really fortunate during my fitness journey or my fitness career, if you like, to have excelled in three main sports and competed at high levels in these sports also, the sports being football, boxing and running. Today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the latter, which is running. So as we know, running itself is a really simple sport to get into and really easy to follow. Returning with the right training, outstanding results in such a short space of time. Many people ask me many questions about running, but I think the three main key points that I often get asked about is running gait, how to achieve consistency, and also how to recover well from running. So let me talk about those three today. I can't really emphasize enough the importance of choosing the right running shoes for your gait. It's really important that you get clued up so when it comes to that time when you need new shoes, you're in no doubt about what to look for. So what is gait analysis? Gait analysis is simply a tailored, specific trainer fitting service for runners. Most specialist running stores will offer these professional trainer fittings. They usually take between 15 and 20 minutes and involve a video gait analysis that enables the staff in the store to assess in slow motion a video replay of how your feet respond when testing different shoes on the treadmill. After the fitting, you will be recommended with the best shoe for you based not only on your results of your gait analysis, but also other factors such as injuries, running history, and future running goals. So the people in the store really should be talking to you about this. It's also important just to highlight that some stores do have sort of partnerships with certain brands up and running in UK, for instance, have a partnership with Brooks, and they will always try and push that type of trainer to you in the first instance. Just note that once you've had this running gait analysis, you're under no pressure to buy, you're under no contract to buy any running shoes from them unless they tell you this beforehand. So once you've had that gait analysis, don't be afraid to say thanks, but no thanks and walk away and get your shoes from somewhere else. So how is it done and what are the results or what do the results look like? So your gait, your running gait, is diagnosed based on your personal biomechanics. Biomechanics is simply the science of how your body works to produce movement. Every person is different and every person will move in different ways. The biomechanical video software that they use during gait analysis will diagnose what kind of running gait you have. It's often categorized into three different outcomes. Now just remember that there's no right or wrong gait. The process simply ensures that you purchase the right trainers for you, which is the important part. So you'll be comfortable and able to run without provoking injury. 
So the outcome you'll normally be told you're one of three different types of runner and the first one being a neutral runner. So as a neutral runner you're said to have the ideal running motion for avoiding injuries, particularly over long distances. You supinate and pronate at the right levels and your feet are pretty balanced when you run. So you should opt for a neutral or a lightweight base trainer. We then have an overpronating runner. Overpronation is when the foot rolls inwards so the ankle rolls in towards the floor pronation happens when weight is transferred from the heel to the forefoot and the foot rolls inwards unfortunately pronation can cause overuse type injuries and it occurs most frequently in runners this is where your trainers are vital you will perform best in a motion controlled or a stability shoe that offers pronation support. And then finally, we have an underpronating runner. Underpronation is used to describe a foot that doesn't roll inwards at all when it hits the ground. Unfortunately, the foot won't absorb the impact of hitting the ground quite as well as it should because less of the foot comes into contact with the ground. This is common issue for runners who have eye arches. You're best opting for a cushion neutral running shoe. A lightweight trainer will encourage flexibility and motion rather than preventing it. So finally, just remember, don't just buy a shoe because it's expensive and it looks good. Although there is a good reason to buy shoes, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's not necessarily the right shoe for you. Um, when you buy your trainers, when you buy your shoes, remember to try and go half a size up. And what this will allow is for foot movement and swelling during running. And then finally, comfort is crucial. If you can have somebody qualified who has analyzed your gait, telling you that's the right trainer for you, then it likely is the right trainer for you. It's so, so important to ensure that you're wearing the correct trainers to suit your running gait. It will make your run feel smoother, more comfortable, and genuinely help prevent injury. Okay, now let's look at consistency, which is really important. So whether you're just getting started with running or coming back after taking some time off, here are five top tips to ignite your training and keep the fire burning. Number one, plan your training. Training plans provide focus, but it's hard to design one without having a race or a goal on the horizon. Running without a goal to aim for is like studying without having a final exam. You're going to be more likely to run if you know you have a race or a goal coming up or down the road. Your plan will give you short-term objectives, daily runs and recovery runs, and a long-term goal to focus on. Another extra little tip there is make sure your plan isn't too easy or too hard, but it's just right for you. And tip number two, make running your priority. Running or any other exercise for that matter is an investment in yourself. Make your runs or your training sessions official appointments in your calendar. Treat it just like you would a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment. I think Naz spoke about scheduling a couple of weeks back on one of the podcasts. If you don't schedule it and make it official, you're more likely to let other do's or to-do's take up your run time. To minimise the chance of missing your run, get your shoes on and head out first thing in the morning. Even better, head out for your run before you even look at your phone. If you can't run in the morning and you have to run after work, don't get in the house and start mincing about looking at the TV. Get in, drop your kit off, put your running gear on and get out the door. Number three on the hit list of how to maintain consistency is to make a public commitment. Talk about it out loud. Once you sign up for a race or set yourself a goal, tell your friends, tell your family about it. Without them even being aware of it, they will be your accountability buddies because they're likely to ask about your training throughout that period. Knowing that these questions could come next time you see them will keep you on your toes a little bit. 
Find yourself a running partner. This not only helps the Ks or the miles go by quickly, but it also helps keep you more accountable. So if you're new to running or new to an area, you can check out local running shops as most of them have group fun runs where you're bound to find someone with a similar pace. I'm sure that park runs will be open and up and running again in the very near future. Just to let you know, we're recording this during the lockdown three in the UK. Search for some of the local social media groups. I know that Facebook have some awesome little running groups of like-minded people that organize little local runs themselves. Or if you really can't find anybody or you genuinely would, prefer just to run alone and take some music podcast or audibles or what i find even better is to run in an awesome location with some great scenery and just enjoy that be prepared and packed and ready to go so whether you're running first thing in the morning during your lunch break or after work pack your running gear get your running gear sorted get your admin sorted the night before just so it's one less thing that you have to worry about when you're ready to go So then finally, what's left to talk about is recovery. If you get your recovery wrong, you might find yourself hobbling around, hobbling down the stairs for much longer than you really want to be. So here are 10 things that you really should be doing after a run to ensure you recover like a pro. Number one, I would say cool down. I think the worst thing that you can do after any sort of session, especially a race, is come to the end and come to a dead stop. Doing a gentle cool down prevents the blood from pooling in the extremities and helps you with the removal of waste products and delivery of new blood to your overworked muscles. A light 10 to 15 minute jog and some gentle stretching will make a massive difference. Number two, and something that I wasn't initially comfortable with, but I soon felt the benefits of eating. Eating may be the last thing on your mind after a run, but getting something light on board in the 20 minute window after you finish will ensure that you take advantage of the key window for refueling. A snack or a drink containing both carbs and protein is the best mix to kickstart that repair process. I think a recent study in the International Journal of Sport, Nutrition and Exercise Metabolism names chocolate milk as the perfect post-recovery aid. As luck would have it, I have just discovered Alpro Protein Chocolate Milk. Okay, and number three, hydration, rehydration, rehydration. Start taking on fluids as soon as you can to replace what you've lost on your run. Some sort of sports drink or an electrolyte tablet is ideal to help you replace those lost electrolytes and fluids that you've sweated out number four don't go to sleep just yet don't get in and think that you've done your fizz and your movement for the day and get your head down just sitting on the sofa doing nothing or not moving because you'll actually recover better if you do some light activity for the rest of the day so some gentle walking stretching that can just help keep the blood circulating and help that process recovery along Next up is try compressing yourself. So squeezing into some tight compression gear if you've not already trained in it can actually improve blood circulation and therefore help the removal of waste products from your muscles. Number six, and some of you are going to love me for this one, but refuel again. So we've smashed out our Alpro chocolate protein milk in that 20 to 30 minute window following our run, but we're not done with yet. So within two to three hours, we need to look at taking on board a larger, more balanced meal. If we go for a high carb meal with moderate amounts of protein and some healthy fats thrown in for good measure. And then also try and aim to take on lots of veggies because they help reduce any inflammation. Number seven, get a good night's sleep. So if it's a race we've just completed and we feel that we've earned the right to 
a bit of post-race partying. Don't stay out too late if you want to optimize recovery. Hitting the pillow at a decent time will help your body produce hormones to help it repair and rebuild. Rest is essential for recovery, so try if you can to get at least good quality eight hours sleep. Number eight, consider a massage. Treat your aching muscles to a sports massage if one's available. If not, opt for the DIY option. Using a foam roller or a massage gun is a great alternative. Number nine, get running again, especially after long runs and races. Don't just jump straight back into your usual running training program, otherwise you will risk illness and injury. However, some light exercise is better than nothing at all. If your legs are particularly sore, consider some gentle cross-training on the bike or in the pool. Once you feel a little bit better, start doing some light jogging and gradually build up your training again, back up over the next week or so. And then finally, number 10, don't forget to treat yourself, whether it's post-race with a glass of wine or a bar of chocolate. Rewarding yourself will help you relax and works wonders for motivation. So there you go, that's it. Let me make that as simple as I can for you. Get the right running shoes, stay consistent and recover well. As always, thanks a lot for taking the time to listen to this short podcast. If you would like to help us out a little bit more, get over, give us a rate, drop us a comment if you're feeling really generous. But above all, don't be a fizzwalt. Get up, get out, get some fizz done. Stay strong, be strong. Until next time, take care.